Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our daily reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Saturday, June 10th, 2023. It is the Saturday of the ninth week of ordinary time. It's also a day in which we honor the Blessed Mother being a Saturday in ordinary time. Our reading from today is from the gospel according to Mark. In the course of his teaching, Jesus said, Beware of the scribes, who like to go around in long robes and accept greetings in the marketplaces, seats of honor in synagogues, and places of honor at banquets. They devour the houses of widows, and as a pretext recite lengthy prayers. They will receive a very severe condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury, and observed how the crowd put money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow also came and put in two small coins worth a few cents. Calling his disciples to himself, he said to them, Amen, I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the other contributors to the treasury, for they have all contributed from their surplus wealth, but she, from her poverty, has contributed all she had, her whole livelihood." So, in this gospel reading, we have a contrast. We have a poor widow who gives all she had. And then we have the religious leaders that Jesus often criticizes, saying how they take advantage of widows. And they love special treatment. They love putting themselves first. They love seats of honor thinking of where to go with this today. I mean, there's the contrast. It's interesting to me when I was reading this, Jesus is very critical of the religious leaders, as always. He's very complimentary towards many people. With regard to this poor widow, though, he doesn't really use any adjectives to describe her. He simply points her out and says, look, she's giving all she has makes me think, what is it that we do have? (laughs) Is anything really ours? We were born into this world while the world was running strong without us, what has continued on without us. We're going to die from this world and the world's going to continue without us. Who knows for how long, centuries perhaps. None of this stuff really is ours in the long run, in the big picture. I mean... Yes, you know, we live a short life. We earn things. We have ownership of things temporarily. But really, everything is God's. That's my point. God's given us everything. And everything belongs to God, even if it's ours. The shirt on my back. (laughs) Because my body, every everything, it belongs to him long before it belongs to me. People speak about their children being theirs, and it's true, you know, and people have an obligation, a duty to take care of their children, but they're God's children first. God shares his divine authority with parents. And there's so many other things we could talk about, I guess. But yes, what is it that we own ourselves? I was thinking of a story uh, that I heard when I was a kid about a... uh, 
a woman that was judged very similar to the parable that Jesus tells about the poor man and Lazarus, or no, the rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus is the poor man. Lazarus goes to the bosom of Abraham, whereas the rich man does not. The rich man is in torment in flames. Anyway, there's a story that I heard where a woman uh, was being judged and she was being sent to hell. And she said, well, why, why? And they said, well, whoever, I guess Jesus was judging her in the story. Well, you never did anything nice for anybody. You never gave anybody anything. You were selfish. You kept it all to yourself. And she said, no, there was that one time uh, that I gave an apple to a man that was begging. He was hungry and I gave him an apple. And so as she was already being placed in hell by the angels, the angel, one of the angels said, okay, well, if you can hang on to this apple, I'll pull you out of hell by the apple and it'll be your way into heaven. So she said, okay, that's fine. So she had already entered hell, but the angel lowered the apple into hell and she grabbed a hold of it and the angel started to lift the apple up out of hell and she started to ascend into heaven, holding on to this apple, this one good deed of hers. And as other people in hell saw this happening, they thought, oh, thank God we can get out of here. And so they all grabbed onto the woman. They tried to grab the apple. They grabbed onto her and she became very heavy and she struggled to hold onto the apple. And finally she screamed, let go of that apple. It's mine. And the angel let it go. It's a great story with tremendous meaning. (laughs) What is actually truly ours? And should we not have the attitude of the poor widow to give all we have. You know, it's interesting too. um, And people constantly comment on this in the business world, as well as in the church world, that the least generous people are the people with the most money. Some say, well, yeah, that's how they got that rich. They hung on to every cent. But when you go to different churches, pastors will say when they're stationed in a church in a rich neighborhood, That doesn't mean the church is going to be rich. It's really a problem. Even when you look at church architecture, this is something I can (laughs) go off on a tangent with. I'll try not to. The most beautiful churches were built by poor immigrants. When you go into the inner cities and you see the Polish church, the German church, the Italian church, poor immigrants that had just gotten off the boat built those churches with their bare hands. Sometimes it took 20 or 30 years to build them. Go into rich neighborhoods nowadays and see the churches that have been built recently, and they don't compare. They don't even begin to compare. Some of them look absolutely horrid. Some of them are nice, I guess, in an architectural sort of a way, maybe not in a religious way. I don't know. But yes, very often the poor are the most generous. Why? Because they know what it's like to be poor, and they know that the Lord has taken care of them doesn't mean you have to go to poor to get to heaven, but Jesus often reflects about how it's harder for rich people to get to heaven. It's easy for poor people to give and to be generous. I had a friend that was one time stationed in an inner city parish, and he was a seminarian, and he just reflected to me about how generous the homeless people were. And he would just go and he wouldn't wear his clerics. He would just wear regular clothes, sometimes even ratty kind of clothes, and just go and associate with the homeless in the poor neighborhood. And one time, just as an experiment, he went up to various homeless people and said he was hungry, 
do you have anything to eat? And they said, sure we do. And they shared their food with him. These were homeless, poor people. Of course, in return, he eventually told them who he was and he was very generous to them. But he, it was a little social experiment just to see, you know, that these people, they had a survival mentality, yet they understood other people were trying to survive as well. And they were very generous. It was very easy for them to give up what they had. I'm reminded of very often in the Bible, there is this theme and it's spelled out in the Magnificat of Our Lady. God will cast down the mighty and he will lift up the lowly. I have a good friend who is extremely honest with me. He's a priest friend, and I like to go to him for confession. I don't always get the chance because he, at this point he lives an hour and a half away from me. But when I do get a chance to spend time with him, to talk to him, and to go to him for confession, it's always a good experience. And one thing about him is that he's just he's very perceptive and honest. He's not just honest, <laughs> but he sees things. He notices things. And recently we were having a conversation And he pointed out to me something that I don't know that I totally realized about myself. He said, with different things that I do in the church, positions of honor that I have or have had, I like being in those positions. I like those, the nice things that go with them to be able to say, oh, I met so-and-so. I sat with so-and-so at a dinner. I, um... Whatever, I knew the cop and he let me go from my speeding ticket, etc. And he just pointed out, yeah, you like that, don't you? <laughs> you like, and it was just, it was reflective of this gospel reading. And I thought, wow, you know, that he knows me well. It's not like I'm, I'm always going after those kinds of things, but it's something very much that I enjoy. When we work in the church, when we do various ministries, one question that's a good question to ask, especially for an examination of conscience, is do we gravitate to the poor and those that are hard to minister to, the needy, or do we gravitate towards those that uh, fill our pockets, those whether in this life or maybe in their will? I don't know. Do we gravitate towards those that are the prettiest, the, the easiest to get along with, the most fun? If we work with kids, do we go after the good kids or do we go after the kids that are troubled? The list goes on and on. These are good questions for us to ask ourselves. I think of St. John Vianney, the curé of ours. A petition was going around at the parish. I mean, they were going to shut that parish down, except they sent him this poor priest who barely made it through seminary. He was basically a nobody to this poor little parish in the middle of nowhere. And yet the people felt they deserved something better. So they sent around a petition saying, this priest is not good enough for us. We want someone better. He's not well-studied enough. He's not well-spoken enough. We want somebody better. And so the petition went around and hundreds of people signed it and it went to the bishop. And when the bishop read it, looked at the petition, looked at all the names, he couldn't help but notice that Father John Vianney was one of the names on the petition. (laughs) So he himself recognized his lowliness. And whenever he had an opportunity to speak of his own littleness, his own poverty, his own lack of talent, uh, he, he was always very eager to speak of it. He used to refer to himself as a poor soul. And 
God raised him up. God performed miracles through him. He turned out to be the patron saint of parish priests. Where should we want to be? What kind of position do we want to have? You know, I mentioned about the poor widow. Jesus isn't saying in this gospel passage, you must give everything you have. The Bible says we should give 10%, though. The Bible says we should feed the hungry and clothe the naked, especially when they're there, when they're present, when they make themselves known to us. Where should we be? Some of us are called to give away everything and join religious life. I mean, St. Francis de Sales talks about how it could be a virtuous thing to increase your wealth if you are a married person, father, mother, etc., somebody that needs to increase their wealth for the good of their family. So it's not necessarily a bad thing if increasing your wealth is part of your vocation, yet there is a place for people in the church to give up everything. But I think the main thing is, well, especially the religious leaders are supposed to be showing good example and supposed to be showing detachment and attachment only to Christ. Whereas each of us has our own particular vocation, but the main thing is from these teachings and different passages where we see wealth and poverty talked about, the main thing is detachment, being poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. If we have a place of honor in the church, we should cling to the spiritual meaning of it. We should cling to the, the work, the vocation, the duties attached to it, and do it with great gratitude. Look, God has chosen me. God loves me. God picked me. Lowly person that I am. How amazing God is that he picks people like me to do great things when I myself am nothing great. In fact, I'm nothing at all without him. So it's detachment. And yes, it's true. Those that have less are more easily detached. I feel personally, what is my favorite place to be in the whole vast scheme of things? I like to be at the foot of the altar. I mean, it's figurative, but it's also real. It's also literal. I like to be at the foot of the altar. I like to be, I like to think that if Jesus was being crucified in our own day and age, I would go to the cross and be there to console him. I would be at the foot of the cross. I would, I like to think that I hope that, but this is literally what mass is. It's what adoration is that we're kneeling at the foot of the cross. We're kneeling before our Lord as he's poured out his life for us. That's where he invites us to be at the foot of his cross with Mary with St. John, with Mary Magdalene. That's where I like to be. Right there before Jesus, receiving, receiving all that he has to give. And I like being alone at the foot of the cross so I can pray. I like being with friends at the foot of the cross. I'm not saying I like being, let's just say, at the foot of the altar because I'm saying to everybody behind me, oh, look at me, I'm first. That's not what I mean. At least these are the things that we strive for. None of us are perfect. But I like to just recognize how great the Lord is and that I'm right there with him because I'm nothing without him. I'm nobody without him. But with Jesus, we have everything. We are everything. We are his children. And he loves us and he builds us up. He shares with us his glory. Not in a worldly sense necessarily, making us famous 
I mean, I'm thinking of St. Therese as well. You know, we're not necessarily called to do great things by worldly standards, but we're called to do little things with great love. So when God shares with us his glory, there might be a healing. I heard recently of a woman that I prayed over and I, I heard about her being miraculously healed. Doesn't mean it was my doing. It could have had nothing to do with me. It could have had everything to do with me. Of course, Jesus is the healer, but he does choose us sometimes to be his instruments. So praise God. And it doesn't need attention drawn to it for my sake, for worldly honors. What needs to happen is that we just continue to glorify God. We continue to thank God. We continue to ask God for his miracles. And we just continue in a very lowly manner to kneel at his altar, at his cross. Hope everybody has a great day. God bless.